Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Yep, our sports are coming back soon. But for those of you who are all pumped up, I offer a word to the wise. Temper your enthusiasm and fasten your seatbelts because it is going to be a very, very bumpy ride. So like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Sports is upon us. You know, spring training's open this week. And, uh, well, since Spring training is opening this week. Let me start with baseball. I Listen, I'm not excited about a season coming back. You've heard me say it before. I, I think all these seasons, part of me says they should. It, this season should be a washout. The pandemic caused this. Uh, yes, things seem to be opening up in some places. In other places, there's spikes. It's, uh, it's scary, disconcerting. Stressful, you know, all of the above. But, again, Major League Baseball spring training camps opened up this week. And um, they got opening date targeted for, uh, was it, July 23rd and the 24th of the two first days. And Yankees are supposed to open up in our nation's capital against the Nationals, the defending World Series champion Nationals with the marquee pitching matchup of Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. So you want to get excited about it? I'm not going to poo-poo it. If if you're a diehard fan and you want it, I get it. I, I, that much I do understand. Everybody's not me. And listen, folks, I'm not trying to poo-poo sports. Sports has been very, very good to my life and my family's lives. Okay. I've made a career of it. I've made a good living from it. I've been able to support support my family from it. And I've lived a dream. I've lived a dream. I'm v- very, very fortunate to be able to say I love what I do. Okay? Very, very fortunate. 
You know, I'm still, you know, I still do my Giants uh, post-game shows in Channel 5. I, I have a call-in show, Big Blue Kickoff Live, that I do a couple of days a week during the football season for the Giants on their website. So sports is tremendously important to me. So I get people, if you want to be excited, that you're excited. But when I say fasten your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride, folks, I don't think any of you really realize how bumpy the ride is going to be. It's not going to be like anything you've seen before. First of all, baseball is a... What's the cliche? More than any other sport. What's the cliche about baseball? It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, you know what? Do an about face. Because now it's a sprint. It's It's no longer a marathon. It is indeed a sprint. I mean, think... You know, 162 games you go through winning. That's a regular season. 162 games you go to peaks and valleys. You go to winning streaks and losing streaks and injuries, uh, slumps. The best players in the world go through slumps. I mean, I can remember Derek Jeter. You guys, you people remember. I mean, Derek Jeter once went into a slump, I think it was into June. Well, you want to know what? That's basically a two-month slump. You go into a two-month slump, your season's over now. To give you an idea, the things, just from a fan's perspective, before I get into some of the things that's going to go on this year, let me give you, and I'm I'm just going to give it to you for the local sports fans, as history will allow you local sports fans to, to know. The famous... Bobby Thompson shot heard around the world off Ralph Brank of the Dodgers in the 1951 playoffs. But forget the playoffs for a second. They had to get to a playoff. In 1951, the Giants, and it was a 154-game schedule then, the Giants were 13 games behind the Dodgers on August 11th. 13 games behind the Dodgers on August 11th. One of the most famous comebacks ever. 1951. Giants subsequently would beat the Dodgers in a playoff and go on to play the Yankees in the World Series. 1978. The Yankees were nine games out a first place on August 13th. Nine games out. Subsequently, they went on to play in the World Series. 1969, the Mets were 10 games out on August 13th. 10 games out. Not only did they become the Miracle Mets, they, 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 from 10 games out, 
They went on to win the the pennant, their division, by eight games. And, of course, you got to believe, 1973. The Mets were 11 and a half games out on August 5th in sixth place and went on to the World Series. As I said, folks, that's part of baseball history. And I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you an example of what happened locally over the years. Baseball history. The marathon in baseball has been so much, the length of a season has been so much about the history. It's gone. Well, when I say it's gone, it's certainly gone for this season. And I don't even like calling this a baseball season. Baseball 2020 will not be a baseball season to me. It will be what I will call the coronavirus tournament. That's how I will refer to this season, the coronavirus tournament. I mean, just what seems like the simplest things are not the simplest things. First of all, you're not going to have fans. And I, folks, I have said this. You've heard me say it previously. If you don't think fans mean a lot to what goes on in terms of the atmosphere, both being there live and also on TV, then you are big time mistaken. I mean, I've watched, I, I turned it on once or twice on ESPN just to see this Korean baseball stuff, to see what it was like. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying the quality. Quality of the game is, was fine to me. It was baseball. But there's no, zero atmosphere. Zero atmosphere. There's nothing to it. Zero atmosphere. Now you're going to have your baseball players. I mean, think about it. You're going to have your team, your guys who are in the game on the bench. The guys who aren't in the game, they're going to be in the stands, seated six feet apart. You don't think that's going to have an adverse effect? Again, if you you think everything's going to be hunky-dory, then you're rudely mistaken. That's, that's part of the joy of being on a team, of talking, of the players sitting next to each other, uh, of helping each other, of having conversations, of also, you know, people on the bench, how do you stay in the game? You stay in the game by commiserating with the people on the bench and talking about, well, did you see what this guy did? What was he throwing? Was he throwing your curveball there with an 0-2 pitch? What was he doing? Was he... It's, it's all that. Uh-uh. I mean, from what I'm understanding, some of the rules, you, you're, they're going to try to discourage leaning on the railing. You know, you always used to watch players leaning on the railing, watching, getting into the game. No. This might sound gross and, and silly 
And you might say, well, Russell, are you kidding me? Like, who really cares? Because uh, you're going to be prohibited from spitting, whether it's saliva or sunflower, uh, sunflower seeds, peanut shells, tobacco. You are going to be allowed to chew gum. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to you. People, you're playing baseball. You, you're going to have to think twice about spitting. It's it's you your human nature. And now your human nature is going to be dictated by certain rules. And I'm not poo-pooing the rules because I understand this is a, a, a serious health issue that we're dealing with. It's a pandemic. And I know that everybody's saying the show must go on, but the show's going to go on cockeyed. Players are in, are used to, anybody will tell you, you're used to a routine. Some, some guys get to the stadium early. Some guys get to the stadium late. Some guys leave the minute the, the game is over. They go in, they, they wash up, they'll grab something to eat, they bolt out of the other guys, lollygag, and take their time, and maybe they work out. Everybody has a routine. That routine has now been changed. You're not allowed to, you know, you can't lick your fingers now. So a pitcher is going to be allowed to carry a small wet rag in the back pocket. I mean, think about it. Everything is affected. On on top of which, then there are your rules. Your rules of, okay, if you go into extra innings, then you start with a guy on second base. Who is going to be that guy? It's going to be the guy who made the last out the inning before. I mean, what are we talking about? It's just, to, to me, it's crazy. Now, I do understand players want their money. I do understand owners want their money. I get it. But I'll say, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Uh, what they had to do to get to this point with the bickering going back and forth, th- this should not have become uh, a, a union issue and negotiated. Th- this should have been, come on, common sense. You got people there who who, who lose their businesses, have lost their businesses that will never come back. You have people who work in a ballpark and, and little restaurants and joints around the ballparks. Nothing. Zero. There's no income. There's no nothing. There's also, let's talk about some of the rules. So now you're going to have, it's a 60-game schedule. For example, AL East will face um, each other. X amount of times, I think it's six times, uh, you'll face each other. And the AL East 
will also, when it comes to interleague play, they will face the NL East. The NL Central will face the AL Central, yada, yada, yada. Uh, AL West will face the NL West. That works out not to be fair. Yeah, it's not to be fair. Let me give you an example. The Yankees, Yankees and Mets face each other six times. Now, Yankees and Mets, you know, they got a chance to be pretty good. All right? Yankees get to face the, um, because of this situation, the Yankees get to face the Miami Marlins six times. Marlins stink. But because it's interleague play, they get to face the Marlins. The Washington Nationals, who are in the National League East, they're going to play the American League East. So they get to play six times the Baltimore Orioles, who also stink. You you understand what I'm saying, folks? It really is not an even playing field. I mean, some of these... Into division, into league games become unfair. It's not like everybody's playing the same amount. Uh, you, you know, AL East, AL West, AL Central. You're an advantage playing some of these teams. Well, that that's just one item. How about how about the fact of the mental aspect of it? And I don't think a lot of people have taken that into consideration. And there is very much a mental aspect of it. Mr. Washington National Ryan Zimmerman, uh he I read something the other day. He wasn't he didn't know what he's going to do. He's got a three-week-old, a three-week-old baby and a mother with multiple sclerosis. Okay? I don't think he's being a wimp. And he, he, as of me talking right now, he wasn't sure what decision he was going to do. But that's a pretty heavy burden. He's got a three-week-old baby and a mother with muscular uh, multiple sclerosis. I mean, what do you do? I understand. There is a mental aspect to this. What do you do? There, there are people, there are grandparents, there are people involved with pre-existing conditions. Maybe not dire conditions, but you never know. You can't. We can't take anything for granted. How does that weigh? I don't care who you are. You can be the best player in the game. 
It's got to weigh on you mentally. You got to think about it. And, and believe me, if you see a fellow a, a teammate maybe going through something, that's going to weigh heavy on your mind. It's human nature. You'd have to have your head up your ass if it didn't weigh on your mind. So it's, it's, it's really extremely, extremely scary and difficult. And then you don't even know if the team, if the season's going to get interrupted. One guy gets sick, then another guy gets sick. You don't know. And I, I keep hearing, um, listen, I've wanted things to be open up. I'm relieved that certain things are opening up more. We're getting into better phases. But you can't take anything for granted. I've been safe, but I'm not taking anything for granted. I got a wife. I got two daughters and two son-in-laws and three little grandsons. Five, four, and two and a half. I'm not taking anything for granted. It is extremely, extremely disconcerting. That the one thing that always strikes me about athletes is their mental toughness. Athletes are very good at car, uh, compartmentalizing things. Very good at doing that. This is different. Because, you know, a, a lot of guys will tell you, I'm safest between the lines. When I'm between the lines, nothing affects me. But when you're between the lines now and the game has been altered so much, you can't escape what's going on. So it does affect you. Very, very, very scary times. Very scary times. Then, of course, you know, at the end of the month, July, you're going to have the NBA coming back. Now, listen, we've already had people, Wilson Chandler of the Nets, he's not going to play. He's, He's opted out. There's some health issues involved within his family. Avery Bradley of the Lakers opted out because there's health issues within their family. I anybody who um, <clears throat> criticizes somebody for opting out over something like that, you got to be a moron because your family should and does come first. Okay, I, I, I totally support anybody opting out for those reasons. Totally. But you're also living in a bubble. A bubble. Like baseball, even though you have such restrictions and I don't, you know, I don't even know what all the rules are with baseball. You, you're going to travel and go to the hotels and, and this and that. But in the NBA, you're living in the, the Disney campus in Florida, in Orlando. I mean, this isn't like summer camp. These are guys, you know, it, it's, it's going to affect you. Also, something happened with the NBA um, 
apparently the union, uh, NBA Players Association, union, whatever you want to call it, and, and the league are kind of working something out, which would allow the players to wear jerseys with personalized social justice uh, messages, social causes, and charity message on their backs instead of their names. You know, examples, uh, Black Lives Matter, I Can't Breathe. I know we are in social times now, involvement. You know, we're still reeling from the George Floyd situation, murder. But I am sorry. This is a sport. It's basketball. I don't need to hear anybody's social messages or read their social messages on their back. We kept, we keep kept, we kept hearing that sports was going to be a diversion from everything that's going on. Bring sports back; it's going to be a, di- a diversion. Well, you know what? If I got to see on the back of every jersey, either it's Black Lives Matter or this matters or Jew Lives Matter or Irish Lives Matter or Italian Lives Matter or this cause or that cause, I'm not, it's no diversion, it's a reminder. It's a business. I can't come into my business, you can't come into your business. Like, enough is enough. I said, while I disagreed with their method, I said, I, I didn't, I won't say I applauded. I respected the players' right if they wanted to protest. You, you know, if you didn't want to stand for the anthem, that's your business. Well, I'm starting to take back my thoughts on that. Because the way I'm starting to think now, if this is what it's coming to, there shouldn't be anthems, there shouldn't be protests. Play the game and that's it. Play the game and that's it. And, you know, there was another thing. uh, I mentioned Avery Bradley because Avery Bradley and uh, Kyrie Irving of the Nets, uh, Avery Bradley of the Lakers, um, they were, I think they're ahead of the NBA Players Coalition. And before the restart, they were talking, they wanted to talk and find out from the NBA what the NBA had planned to do before get, they get to the restart for black causes and what they're giving. Or, hold on a second. I'm sure all these owners give. But you know what? It's a business. A business that you are paid millions of dollars. They're not obligated to give to any cause. And they all end up doing it. It was starting to sound like a shakedown. Sports can't be coming to this. I believe in standing up. I believe in fighting for causes. But don't interrupt the business for the cause. You can be involved in your cause. You can be adamant about it. Listen, your game is a couple hours a day, whatever it is. You could spend the next 20 hours of your day fighting for your cause. And I'm going to tell you something else. When you shove causes down people's throats, 
it loses their effect. It does not work. As I said last week in my podcast, what was my title last week? Are we stamping out racism or creating more of it? And since we're talking about causes, if somebody wants to, if NBA players want to wear causes on the back of their T-shirts with slogans like I can't breathe, the Black Lives Matter. Well, I got one for them. Stop killing ourselves. Stop killing ourselves. Because you know what? Last weekend, there were 101, 101 shootings in Chicago of which 14 involved fatalities. Not one cop was involved with one, and I don't think a white person was involved with one. This past weekend in New York City, I I think yesterday, and within a 24-hour period, there were 17 shootings. None of them involved white people. I didn't see any, I don't hear any protests or, or screaming about that. Now someone's going to say, oh, you, you know, no, no, it's Russ. Russ sounds like some cracker. No, I don't. I'm a New Yorker, raised in New York. Grew up with black friends, brown friends, yellow friends, white friends, all kinds of friends. So if we're going to talk about causes, are you going to stand there and shove that? Well, you know what? That's going to invite other discussion. And it's going to be some of the discussion that I don't hear anybody talking about because they don't want to talk about it. But then you're also going to have the NBA players aren't any different than I'd said, you know, I mentioned Ryan Zimmerman, you know, uh, of the Washington Nationals, there's family issues. People are scared. You don't think that's not going to have an adverse effect on how you play a game? And here's another factor. Here's another factor. There are no fans. And this is the pound your chest, bring attention to yourself era. And let me tell you, you have to be, you ha- you better be of the ilk that says your mentality is you enjoy, you play for the joy of competition as opposed to playing for the joy of self-gratification. Because if you're just playing for the self-gratification, which a lot of guys act like that, whether you hit a home run, uh, or you slam dunk a basketball, make a big three points. Three-point shot, game winner, buzzer beater. It's different. Ain't no cheering. Do not minimize what the lack of fans mean. An NBA game, you're going to hear the squeaks of the sneakers up and down the court. For crying out loud, if a guy farts, you're going to be able to hear it. They got the microphones up. 
the lack of fans is enormous. I, I mean, you would hear time and time again, oh, you got to play, you gotta, we got to play for home court advantage, home field advantage, it's so important, got to have that seventh game in our, huh? There's no home court advantage, home, no home field advantage any longer. That was That is so much a part of baseball history. Playing those games in your stadium, in your arena, it's gone. So all these seasons, I'm calling them the coronavirus tournaments. You know, I've I've maintained baseball should have just, pardon the phrase, I'll steal it from football, baseball should have just punted this this season's a wash. I, I get basketball and the NHL trying to come back because their seasons were, you know, deep into their seasons, gearing up for the playoffs. You know, but now I just, again, I I understand the business. There's a lot of money involved. So it's hard for me, as much as I say it's a wash, because you're not going to have fans. I get that. But folks, it's not going to be like anything you've seen. It's not going to be like anything remotely that you've watched before. And the enthusiasm coming out of the TV, you won't feel it. The edge of your seat excitement, you won't feel it. And, you know, then me from a personal standpoint, I'm, I'm concerned about football. At, at first, at the beginning of, of this all going on, I'm thinking, well, maybe football's going to, maybe they're going to try, you know, if they think they can get fans in the stands sometime in October, maybe they'll just delay the start of this season. And this is not inside information. This is just me talking. I'm, I'm sure they have all kinds of uh, different Plans. I'm sure there's a plans for a 16-game season. There's probably plans for a 14, but maybe even a 12-game season. Plans with fans, without fans. But if I'm here seeing spikes, I just, I just don't see how around the country. I mean, you're going to be playing with fans, and you know, then you wonder. Listen, you folks pay or or turn on to see the players. You don't turn on to see the media. But the media has a lot to do with how games are covered. It's not going to be the same. Baseball media in particular. Baseball media? Well, for that matter, all of them. The reason I say baseball, baseball is a 162-game season. Guys are on the road together. I mean, you spend time in the locker room schmoozing, just, hey, hey, Aaron, hey, hey, Jacob, hey, what's going on? Hey, Derek, what's going on? You know, you're talking about the weather, your kids, your blah, 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 your this and that. Uh Uh-uh. So the the way guys are going to be able to write, that's going to be far different. And the way people, TV people, I'm sure when, when, you know, I do my Giants pregame shows, I'm sure I, 
I'm a thousand percent sure none of us are going to be in locker rooms. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're not going to be in locker rooms with scrums around lockers. Coverage is going to be different. Everything is going to be different. It's not going to be the same. You know, and then then there's one other thing that I want to uh, mention. You know, I I mentioned about the NBA with uh, social justice messages. Chris Paul, the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. You know, he was talking about, and he's the president of the Players Union. He was talking about how uh, forward-thinking our league is and how passionate the players in our league are about different issues. Let Let me remind Chris Paul about their forward thinking and passionate about issues and sh- sh- social injustice. Remember Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets general manager back in October, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong about what goes on in China and how he was killed by members of the NBA. Because you know what? That affected their livelihood, the money that they make, their endorsements in China. So do me a favor. I get it. I understand their outrage over social injustices here. But you weren't thinking so forward thinking. You were thinking pretty damn selfishly back in October. So let's not pound your chest about how wonderful and forward-thinking everybody is. Sometimes people are forward-thinking when they want to be and ask backwards other times. But for this time right now, that is a wrap here. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can always check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to my main man, Matt Meany, across the way, takes such good care of me. To my 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant, Matt Dahl. GM and President Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you, the people out there, because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Stay safe. Talk to you next week. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.